What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. And I'm here. <laughs> We're not calling it a comeback. A hello, I'm back. We're calling it a hello, what's going on? So, everybody, if you'd like to hit us up, you can hit us up on our social media. at Building Our PWR. Um, if you have any comments, anything you'd like to add. Just want to come on here because I do have a little break coming up. You know, it's MLK Day today. Listen to our episodes about that, man. And, um, you know, got some free time. So, this is kind of going to be all over the place. I don't really have anything structured, which is typical. Um, but today, I did want to hit on something. I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories. Okay. And how it makes it hard for us to reach people, right? And and what is the appeal? And why is, why are so many people getting caught up in the conspiracy theories and stuff like that? Okay, so this was spurred <laughs> because I was on TikTok a couple of days ago. And I saw something, a video, Orlando Brown, you already know what that means. This man said that Jay-Z was RuPaul. RuPaul was dressing up like Jay-Z. And just some other incoherent stuff. And so to me, I'm looking at it like, this man needs some help. Like, (laughs) this is something you'd hear, like, dude just at the bus stop talking about. Them people in the comments. See, y'all don't understand. He's speaking in metaphors. What he's saying is, Jay-Z is gay like Paul is gay. He couldn't just come out there and say it. Why not? Well, you know the powers that be. They don't want you saying that type of stuff. Because Cat Williams, Cat Williams. What does Cat Williams have to do with this? This isn't, this isn't even coherent. And then... Uh, months ago, I saw something about Orlando Brown talking about the the industry is turning everybody into pandas, and that's how you can tell they've been essayed. It was just ridiculous, and everybody in the comments, yeah, see, that's why dude made this song, Panda. That makes sense. The industry, they just weird folk. The industry, the industry. I'm scrolling down the comments. These ain't no teen rows. These ain't no twelve year olds. These is grown ass people. And even if we're not talking about in this little niche realm, all the COVID, all the COVID conspiracies that was, it it went across demographics. It went across socioeconomic lines. Everybody believed in either the 5G was causing the COVID, the vaccine, they trying to kill you, they trying to put the microchip in you, the COVID is a hoax, that this is a death, the bodies ain't real, that di- just why? So, I wanted to know, like, what is the correlation? I had some thoughts because I, I started to see patterns um, in the same people, that in the people that were spouting this type of stuff. They had similar things in common. So, I'm going to read this um, article by SciPost.org. Uh, It says, people who endorse conspiracy theories tend to be more religious, and this may be due to ideological overlap. 
Okay. A large study published in the journal Political Psychology suggests that the link between conspiracy belief and religiosity is rooted in cognitive similarities between the two beliefs. The overall findings suggest that people with higher conspiracy belief also tend to be more religious, and this is likely driven by overlapping ideological and political worldviews. Scholars have noted the similarities between religion and features of conspiracy theories, but the nature of this overlap is uncertain. Some researchers have suggested that the two beliefs fulfill similar psychological needs, such as morality, belonging, and the sense of control. Others suggest that the beliefs share cognitive styles, with both alluding to invisible forces at play and offering anomalies as explanatory starting points. Several similarities have been noted between religiosity and conspiracy theory beliefs. Both suggest there is more in the world than is visible. Both promise to address similar needs, like to understand the world, and both tend to speak to similar political orientations. But it was unclear that these parallels meant empirically for their relation. They could either serve as surrogates or as complements for each other, explains study author Marius Franken, a doctoral research assistant at the Johannes Gutenberg University, Mainz. Franken and his colleagues were motivated to consider which of these theories is most accurate by exploring the correlation between belief in conspiracy theories and religiosity. If the two two ideologies fulfill similar needs, a negative correlation should be found, since people would be expected to endorse one or the other. But if religiosity and conspiracy belief share cognitive features, a positive correlation should be found, since people who believe in one should be more likely to believe in the other. The researchers first conducted a meta-analysis of previous studies that reported relationships between conspiracy mindset and religiosity or specific conspiracy beliefs and religiosity. While most of the samples were based in the United States, the analysis also included non-Christian samples from Iran and Turkey. The findings revealed a significant positive correlation between religiosity and conspiracy mindset and a slightly stronger correlation between religiosity and the tendency to endorse specific conspiracy beliefs. Next, the researchers conducted a series of follow-up studies. Data from two U.S. samples revealed small to medium-sized positive correlations between religiosity and conspiracy mindset and religiosity and specific conspiracy beliefs. Notably, these effects decreased substantially when controlling for political beliefs, suggesting that the relationships between religiosity and conspiracy belief were largely driven by shared political ideologies. The relation between religiosity and endorsement of conspiracy theories is politically laden, Franken told Post. Many conspiracy theories speak to the political right, and religiosity is in many countries also more pronounced in the right political spectrum. These overlaps with political orientation could explain why religiosity and conspiracy beliefs are often positively associated. However, separate analysis of German and Polish data sets revealed negative correlations between religiosity and conspiracy mentality. But the Polish data revealed a positive relationship between religiosity and belief in specific conspiracy theories. Similar to the U.S. sample, the strength of this relationship decreased and was no longer significant after controlling for political orientation. 
The results further suggest that this is especially true in the U.S., where religiosity and conspiracy beliefs seem to be particularly enmeshed with political belief. We observe cultural differences regarding the role of religion, Franklin told Post. While there is a general tendency to suspect sinister forces at play among religious people in the United States, this tendency is reduced for religiosity in examined European countries. But religiosity should not be confused with spirituality or supernatural beliefs, as it is more institutionalized and rather a mainstream phenomenon. Spirituality and supernatural beliefs are strongly correlated with conspiracy beliefs without any political overlaps. A limitation to the study was that it examined mainly Christian samples, and the results may not generalize to other religions. And as always, in correlation studies, the causal directions of the association are the subject to further research, Franken said. Okay, that was just giving y'all a little uh, overall thing of what they found. Um... Pretty much what they found is people who lean more to the right and are religious tend to fall for these conspiracy theories. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for when we're trying to educate people about the way of the world? Have you ever tried to talk to somebody about, you know, one-on-one, you know, you ain't got no money because the boss is taking your wages, stuff like that? And and this person you find out believes that the reptilians and stuff is real. What what kind of conversation is that? What kind of conversation is that? In in my views, in in my um time of of living, what I what I noticed is when you talk about something real like capitalism, and you get these people. They're not, it's not a conspiracy because it's not nothing hidden. Like, this is just the way that things are structured and we're just taught to conform. That we have a system based on our oppression that intends to squeeze every piece of labor out of us to get every red cent from us and uh, to keep us, you know, in poverty and in the lower class. They'll say, you just got a poverty mindset. You just got a poverty mindset. You can't let these things stop you. These aren't excuses. Work harder. Grind hard. Work hard. Work hard. But somehow that Illuminati. But somehow that Illuminati is all powerful. And even though apparently it's just permeating in the music industry. It's somehow affecting their lives. And everybody else's lives. And, the, and, the, and, the, and these quote-unquote elites that's making everybody gay and stuff. That is something that is more important than the material world we're living in and the material ways we see that capitalism is causing us to live shorter lives. <sighs> but then when you go back to this, when you, when you think about some things, stuff starts to make sense. Okay, we're going to get controversial. We're going to start talking about religion for a second. I'm going to speak from my experience, a black person in the South. Okay. We know for us, historically and even now, as black people, religion was forced upon us. Christianity was forced upon us. And it became a tool we used to cope with life. Okay? Whether it was a, a positive cope or a negative cope, we coped. And with that, 
it allowed us to, to shift the narrative. It was no longer, we need to get up for most. The problem is this system, this capitalist system that's built on our labor. We have to come together and fight and figure out how can we organize people all over the South and do a a revolt and take over this land and get weapons and all this and that and the third. And it became every Sunday we're going to go to church and we're going to pray to God and we're going to learn how God wants us to be good people so that we can go to heaven so that after we die, short deaths, like die at the age of 30-something, we'll be in heaven, right? And the the issue isn't the slave master, the issue is the devil, the issue isn't America, which is allowing this. The issue is the devil. Things that cannot be seen. Things that are not tangible. Things that can 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 uh, cohabit your mind so that you are not necessarily in the 3D world. Looking around you and naming real material things. And even now, to be honest. You know, times are hard. We already know this. Black people are struggling. In the churches, how many of them are talking about capitalism being bad? How many of them are talking about this is you being poor is not a moral failing of your own. It's that we're living in this evil American country. We're living in a capitalist country. Most of y'all have been at these jobs for 40 and 50 years. Y'all haven't seen a raise since 2001. Like, how many people are talking about that versus how many people are talking about this is just a test? This is just something you got to go through. The Lord is going to show his way. You just got to keep praying. You just got to keep, you know what I'm saying? Stuff that keeps you distracted from sitting down thinking and being like, whoa, let me get out of this headspace and let me actually look and be aware of what's going on. Let's get woke. So that kind of mindset, that kind of ideology is used to help soothe any, any uh, anxieties, any uncertainties, any depression, because we have an answer. And it, you have control of it. And it's not nothing that's too scary. Like, it's something you could just do at the house. You just pray. You know what I'm saying? It's not nothing that's going to be risky. You're not going to go to jail. It's not nothing that's really going to hurt nobody. It's not nothing that's going to be a threat to the system. It's, it's, it's real easy. Right? And so, in my head, I saw the correlation immediately. COVID-19, people were scared. People were dying. People are still scared. People are still dying. And immediately, immediately people had to soothe that uneasiness. People had to soothe that uneasiness of being in a space where nobody in the world knows what's going on. What's the answer? Oh, well, obviously this is a hoax. Obviously this is something that they're doing to us. This cannot be my reality. Uh Uh-uh. Because I have a semblance of control. This obviously is something they put in here because they want to control me. This obviously is something that's caused by 5G. This is obviously whatever. You know, it, it, it's a rush to come up with an answer. And I feel like to some of these people, the more bizarre and the more 
a supernatural the answer, the easier it is for them to swallow. The easier it is, like, that makes them more happy versus you telling them, no, this was a real disease that is still wreaking havoc over the world. Um, and uh, we need to protect ourselves. Uh, this isn't a hoax. People are really dying. Um, but there's things that we can do. Like, to me, at this point in my life, I don't understand how that is more uncomfortable than believing that a little monster is going. I don't understand it, but I guess it's not for me to understand. But what about you guys? I know we've all at least come across somebody that either thought that COVID-19 was a hoax or something else ridiculous. How do we, how do we reach those types of people? Do you think they're at a place that is unreachable? You know? And I'll even have people that will listen to what I'm saying. You know, giving them the whole rundown. They're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. And they almost seem bored. And then, what about the, the earth being flat? What about that? What? Oh, my God. I'm talking about reality. Open the book. I will show you. Turn on the YouTube. I will show you a video. We will go to the library and get a video. I will show you the facts and the proof of everything. But people don't want that. Some people don't want that. Some people want that there is an Illuminati that's doing sacrifices with the goats and this and that. And so, yeah, what what do y'all think about trying to reach them? Is it a similar is it a similar way you would try to reach in re, reach anybody that's religious, period? Or is it a little different? I ain't got no answers for this. I'm just honestly curious. You know, we're trying to build power. So we gotta try to reach Everybody that's possible to be reached. So that's just something that I was thinking about. Um, all right, so something else I want to talk about was the safety valve theory, which uh, Crutches in Spice was talking about a couple months ago. And shout out to her because, you know, at some point she was, I was like, yeah, she was very much still playing neoliberal. I think she's gotten fed up with everybody. Um, and so now she's finally starting to shed a lot of that neoliberalist stuff that she had left over. So she really be uh, hitting, hitting it on the head majority of the time. Uh, she was bringing up the safety valve theory, and she wanted everybody to look it up and see what it meant. Um, so the safety valve theory, I'm reading from firstamendment.mtsu.edu. It says the safety valve theory is a philosophical justification of the utility of protest. Under the safety valve rationale, citizens are free to make statements concerning controversial societal issues to express their displeasure against government and its policies. And assuming the right, citizens will be deterred from undertaking violent means to draw attention to their cause. First Amendment, in safeguarding freedom of speech, religion, peaceable assembly, and a right to petition government, embodies the safety valve theory. Um... So it says here, the Supreme Court has reinforced this theory by setting a strong, a strong presumption against prior restraint of publication. Such a presumption was evident in the court's decision in Near versus Minnesota in 1931, which struck down a state's attempt to close down the scurrilous Saturday press and in New York Times Company versus United States 1971, in which the court lifted an injunction against publication of the Pentagon Papers. 
These and other decisions rest on the idea that it is better to allow members of the public to judge ideas for themselves and act accordingly than to have the government act as a censure. The court has even shown support in cases concerning obscenity or speech that incites violent acts. The safety valve theory suggests that such a policy is more likely to lead to civil peace than to civil disruption. The boundary between peaceful and violent protests is not always clear. The boundary between peaceful and what is violent is not always clear and in some situations may be disregarded. Instances around where government intervened to restore order by confronting apparently peaceful protesters, for example, in the 1960s during the Civil Rights Movement, police in Montgomery, Alabama, sought to quell a series of nonviolent protesters by students at Alabama State College. The students, all of whom were black, were affirming their civil rights in a peaceful way, but were met with force by the Montgomery police. Another example took place at Kitt State University in 1970 when the National Guard fired upon students protesting the Vietnam War. Justice Louis D. Brandes recognized the potential for the First Amendment to serve as a safety valve in his concurring opinion in Whitney v. California when he wrote, Fear breeds repression. Repression breeds hate. Hate menaces stable government. The path of safety lies in the opportunity to discuss freely supposed grievances and proposed remedies. And the fitting remedy for evil counsels is good ones. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, is this not what we have all been saying? Is this not what we have all been saying? The government wants you to do the protest because after you do the protest you think it's over after you do the protest and you see a politician come up there and make a promise it's over they like for us to talk they like for us to go to city hall and talk they don't want you to act so anybody that's saying the role and the goal and the move is to vote and protest is working or may not be working. It's doing exactly what the government wants you to do. AKA, this is stuff they can control. A talk? A talkamony? Oh, for sure. We love that. Peacefully. Cry, yes, whine. It's similar to like a child, a child saying, I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And you're like, dude, it's 12 a.m. We're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. And you got school tomorrow. And you saying, instead of you saying, go to your room, I don't want to hear it. You saying, yes, sit next to me, please. Sit next to me and tell me how much this hurt you that you couldn't go to Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, my gosh. And the child will cry and cry. You'll hug them and say, I know. I feel you. I see you. I hear you so much. Oh, what a shame. And then you send them on their way to bed, and they still not going to Chuck E. Cheese. But at least it felt a little bit better. But then they're going to wake up, and then they're going to see they didn't go to Chuck E. Cheese, and they're going to try it again, and it's never. <laughs> Long story short, that's the equivalent of what we're doing. you going outside. Like, again, if this was something like 50, 60 years ago, you know, don't listen to me, because I don't know what I'm talking about, you know? If this was like 200 years ago, okay, maybe there's not a precedent of this. We're talking about 
2024, we can literally pull up every single protest that's pretty much ever happened, major protest that's ever happened in America, pull it up on YouTube, and see the after effects of it. And see that none of these protests cause nothing to change. And these folks still going to tell you to go outside and protest. Because they want you to get the energy out. They want you to get it out. That reminds me of, um, of course, not the George Floyd stuff that's going on. This one dude in Memphis called himself a community leader or whatever. Dude literally was endorsing uh, Michael Bloomberg or... He was saying, like, I think there was an instance where some kids broke a window of a business on bill. And he was like, you know, they were outside and the kids were outside, you know, walking around screaming, hollering, you know, George Floyd, this, that, and third. And he was like, yeah, we, we letting the, the kids get all this energy out, you know, get all their rage out. Um, this is the time for them to do that. Pretty much saying this is just a temporary thing, and then they go do the real stuff later, aka go to city hall, cry, say they want a new mayor, and never get listened to. So this was always supposed to be be a temporary thing. This was always supposed to be a way for people to let off steam, so that it doesn't turn into anything else. Great. So with this knowledge, please, please, please. I know everybody that's listening to us probably ain't falling for yoke no more. But for those that still may be considering it, look this up. Don't listen to me. Look this up. Don't listen to me. Go online. We've already talked about this. We did that Martin Luther King episode. Um, I forgot which one it was. Ann Moody, coming of age in Mississippi. Did an interview. She was literally talking about how Martin Luther King them folks was getting tired of seeing the protest. They won't tell you that. They won't tell you how people literally were turning the channel now when Martin Luther King get on there and doing another protest. Because, first of all, it never turned into anything. The only thing people wanted to see was folks getting beat up and shit. And even after that, they did nothing. Don't let these people lie to you. We did not get the Civil Rights Act because of the protest. We got the Civil Rights Act because that man got murdered. And they knew that it was fin to pop all the way off. And they had to do something to quell the people. The threat of what? The threat of violence. Which I'm going on on another tangent. You know, they talk about the day that the day that James Brown saved Boston, the day that James Brown. I used to watch it as a kid and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so cool. This is the day that James Brown, who's already a woman beating, hating ass fool. Talented, but a woman beating, hating ass fool. Literally became the biggest cuck for America. They found out. Martin Luther King was assassinated at the damn concert. Or uh, was it at the concert or was it that day? Anyways, they brought that man on there and said, shook and jive and make sure these folks don't start riding. And that's what he did. And they said he saved Boston that day. What Boston? White Boston? The day that James Brown saved white people. And that's the role of these celebrities. And that's why... 
that's the role. That's the role. Forget about everything going on. That is the role. And that's why, like, a lot of stand culture and shit like that, they love this. The corporation, America loves that you're a stand for Beyonce. Because that means she can usher in the tranquilizing of the people by just taking a different stand subtly. But now everybody's like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, it's not this well. It's not that when she was uh, showing that movie in Israel. All of a sudden, everybody, well, well, everybody has switched watched because a billionaire person who they have a parasocial relationship is doing something unethical. That's all it takes. Anyways, I went off on a tangent. Long story short, what I'm saying is, again, encouraging the people. We are correct. People will try to shame you for saying, you don't vote, you don't protest, you didn't sign no paper, you didn't do this, all you doing is doing that, all you doing is doing that. As long as we are educating the people, helping the people in our communities, trying to organize each other, IRL, in online Trying to get a cohesive organization of people to get things popping in the future and to take care of each other. Right now, we are in the right. These folks then protested about Tyree Nichols, right? They protested. What happened? The police chief that was over the thing, she stayed. The new mayor that they said, ooh, he's going to be so good, that new black mayor, he kept her. The polices that did stuff to her, to him, they still there. Which is, of course, all things that we not even predicted. We just knew it was going to happen because that's the way America rolls. So, yeah, that was my little rant for the day. Uh, <laughs> let me know what y'all think. Hopefully next time I come, I'll have something more um, structured. Um But those are just two things that was on my heart. You know what I'm saying? These conspiracy theory people. And uh, this is Take the Bath Theory. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Hit us up at Building R, PWR. Uh, and we will try to get back with you ASAP. Um, this has been Gabby, and this has been Building R Power. <laughs>